will sound it. Walks into all stars. Kyle drives in. Unbelievable hit. Oh, Mountain has climbed. Brady Grundy just put it through. You beauty. Do you like the sound of that? Australian football has a brand new home on Sirius XM. Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. Shuey's got it in extra time. Driving back to the top of the square. Norton will Kick the goal and Fremantle win it after the siren. With unparalleled access to the AFL's greatest champions and most famous fans. Needs to score. He has kicked the goal. Lightning strikes twice. What's he doing? Security's going to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Coming to you from the home of Australian Rules Football in Melbourne, Australia. He's the most connected man in Aussie Rules. Broadcaster, media icon, club president. Here's Eddie Maguire. G'day USA. My name is Eddie Maguire. Welcome to what we hope will be a show that will bring you not only the news of Australian Rules Football from Australia, but also some of the biggest names from American sport and entertainment talking about the great game of Australian Rules. If you do not know what Australian Rules is, stick with us because we're going to be speaking sport and the trends, it transcends countries, the great games of sport, whether it's NRL, AFL in Australia, or you of course go to the American football, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you name it. The people involved are very similar and we can learn from each other. We're going to have a lot of fun along the journey. And with me right now is the doyen of Australian broadcasting. He is the voice of Channel 7 in Australia, the major broadcaster of football on free-to-air television. His name is Brian Taylor. He also was a superstar footballer of the Richmond and Collingwood Football Clubs. He kicked 527 goals in 140 games and was the dominant goal scorer in 1986 where he kicked an even 100 goals. These days he's known more for his broadcasting than his football, which is quite an achievement given the fact that he was one hell of a footballer. Brian Taylor, welcome to America. So you've sort of given away my age, Ed, into the 50s. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But we're, all, we're going to educate them on the game as well. We're not going to take you back to the absolute basics. No. But we're going to tell you about the things that make our game tick, like our skills, our passion, our supporter passion, all of those type of things. So we look forward to that. The other thing, though, Brian, is you have a great passion and you were a very accomplished basketballer in your youth before uh. you decided to play football. But you've got a great passion for American sport. You know, I go to the Super Bowl every year. I love the NBA. I love the Major League Baseball. I head down to Dodgers Stadium whenever I can. Uh, it is just absolutely sensational, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And I know we've got Mel- uh, Matthew Delavid over on the program later. I mean, when I watch the NBA basketball, I watch Australians. I don't necessarily watch a particular team. I love to see Joe Ingalls doing well for the Jazz, you know, or Paddy Mills for San Antonio, whoever it is, or Ben Simmons. So for me, it's about watching the Australians and how well they do. Most of those guys that you're seeing over there now, and the names I've just mentioned, have all had junior careers in our game, Aussie Rules. So uh, I look forward to speaking to those guys as we go through as well. I reckon Americans would love Australian rules football. It's everything that is about America. I'll tell you why. Because it is one of the most egalitarian sports. It doesn't matter whether you're seven foot or five foot four. There is a spot to be played. So we have a need for all of those different shapes and sizes, don't we, in our game? We do. We have a starting 18 on the ground. So you don't miss out if you miss the starting five as you do in the NBA. You have a starting 18. The other great thing about it, Brian, is it is pure athleticism and it's tough. There are no pads. 
You can get blindsided from 360 degrees. You punt the ball to each other, and most of the time people are kicking the ball 55, 60 yards in a game. And you, you can jump up and take what we call a mark, which is a, a, a catch, yeah. a specky, a, a screamer, as we like to and call it. And you must be capable of running a half marathon. So someone that's um, six foot uh, four, uh, 100 kilos, has to be capable of running 16, 17, 18 kilometres in a game. All while getting belted at the same time. Same time so yeah. we like that. It's something yeah. Americans like. There's skill and there's violence. Yep. And we bring it all together and we call it Australian Rules Football. But also at the moment, we're a little bit ahead on coming out of the coronavirus situation. Australian football comes back next week. We have one round of football and then it's been hiatus for the last eight or nine, ten weeks now. And then we're coming back into it. We will probably have a hub situation, which uh, the N, uh, the NBA are looking at to set up, as we know, in Disneyland. So in a lot of ways, we might be the canary in the coal mine for a lot of the big time American sports to go to school on what we're doing and hopefully lead the way for sport to come back onto our screens and into our stadiums. Yeah, we're back on June 11, so not long to go. We start in our round two of our football. Now, the year so far, just to give you a bit of an idea of what's happened in our game and how it's progressed so far and where we're at currently, here it is, the year so far. March 10. AFL boss Gil McLaughlin emerged from a meeting with the AFL presidents, which were really discussing on the rapid spread of COVID-19. The major takeaway from that meeting is that all AFL games will go ahead this season, but if there is a ban on public mass gatherings, these AFL games will be played in front of empty stadiums. March 16. The AFL has just announced that the 2020 season is being cut back to 17 games. March 19. Well, it's time to rock and roll, Baz, to an empty stadium. Richmond Carlton can't wait to get this one underway to see what 2020 lies ahead. March 22. The AFL has moved to immediately suspend the 2020 Toyota AFL Premiership season. April 8. These uh, quarantine hubs, on on face value, it seems like a a pretty decent proposal. It is just another proposition we're putting up in the hope that one day we come out of this isolation and if there are states that come out faster than others, then why not have it set to go? April 13. It is hoped that the AFL could resume around July. April 28. AFL players are finally working towards a potential return date. These two clubs of brief players this morning on phone calls prepare on the basis that they'll go into the hubs and start training as early as the 18th of May. May 7. Through our breaking news in the AFL has tonight launched a major investigation after a group of quarantine Crows players were spotted training as a group on a golf course. May 9. Every AFL player will be tested for coronavirus before they return to clubs in the coming weeks. May 11. There's a lot of work between the AFL and the public health team and we have agreed to a set of arrangements that will allow training for AFLs to resume. May 20. Collingwood President Eddie Maguire has all but declared this year's grand final will be played at night. If everything goes according to plan, I think we'll have a night grand final this year. May 25. The AFL has unveiled a string of blockbuster matches to get the 2020 season up and running again with the chance of getting supporters back into venues. And June 11, it'll be on at the Melbourne Cricket Ground where the two biggest teams in the country, Collingwood and Richmond, go head-to-head. And Brian Taylor, I am the president of the Collingwood Football Club and you played for both Richmond and Collingwood. 
Tell me about those two clubs. Uh, both great clubs, both powerful clubs uh, here in Australia. Um, Richmond had a great period in the 70s, following up now in the 2000s, of course. And um, and, and the Pies have played in uh, how many premierships? 14, 15, Ed? 15. 15 premierships, yes. which is the most in the AFL. Well, draw. it's the second most, second but most. we know a couple of teams, Essendon and Carlton, had salary cap so issues, so they should have clubs. had them taken off them. So, yes. And both <laughs> average crowds, around about 70,000 each weekend, they play in. In and that and when they play each other, we yeah. play in front of 90,000, yep. every time at the MCG. And just in that introduction, it said we're down to 17 games. We're down to 17 from 22. We'd normally play 22 yep. weeks of footy plus four weeks of finals. So we've lost basically 25% of our, of, of our year. So what's going to happen, though, is we're going to have a shorter quarter. We play quarters over here in our game. 16 minutes plus time on, so it'll be around 20-minute quarters rather than 30 minutes, mm. what we're used to. 90 rotations on the interchange bench, 17 games, which is to give the players some sort of opportunity, having had a truncated preseason, if you like, and now they're coming back to play. We can't wait. The ball is going to be bounced next Thursday. We're going to bring you all the action right here on Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel. It's Aussie Football Rules America. When we come back after the break, we're going to speak to an Aussie Rules player who is now a star of the NBA in the land of the Stars and Stripes. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with the left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the SiriusXM app and Pandora Podcasts. Coming to you from our studios in Melbourne, Australia, the most connected man in Australian rules football, here's Eddie Maguire. Yes, welcome back. This is Sirius XM's Dan Pantrick Radio Channel. Brian Taylor, one of the greatest names in Australian football and the voice of football on broadcast right around the world is with me. And Brian, this is a person that you love because you have a great basketball background. This is the way Americans know Matthew Delavadova. Wild shot from Delvadova and it goes in. Delvadova nails a three-pointer. Delvadova flips that one up and in. James kicks it out. Delvadova for three. Bang! Delvadova to James. James for three. Puts it in. Cross to Delvadova. Alley up to James. And he throws it down. Very looking. Knocked down. Lost the ball. Delvadova dives. Lee dives on top of him. What effort by Delvadova. <laughs> I mean, can a guy play any better than he's played? That's how the Americans know him, but yeah. uh, Brian, we know him as a dyed-in-the-wool Collingwood supporter, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> mate. Don't worry about any of these Cleveland Cavaliers. We're worried about Collingwood. Daly, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. When you hear those highlights now of what's been an amazing career for you, uh, tell me what it, what it feels like to hear it sort of from an Australian point of view and from an American point of view. I mean, it's funny hearing it right now. It just makes me uh, want to get back on the court. <laughs> And and how hard has it been in lockdown for you? How, what have you been able to do to sort of, one, keep in shape, two, keep your touch, and three, keep your sanity? Yeah, I mean, luckily, um, everyone's safe and healthy, uh, family and friends. That's that's the first thing. And then we had six weeks in Cleveland in a, a two-bedroom apartment downtown. So it was a little cramped, but uh, I was getting my workouts in, doing step-ups on the couch, running in downtown Cleveland, even though it was still snowing a little bit. 
uh, doing defensive slides up and down the hallway. But <laughs> I've come out to California and uh, had a court to shoot at, which has been uh, a lot easier. So is that how you've kept in touch? I mean, a golfer would simply just walk out into his backyard, have a few swings and perhaps hit the ball into a net or whatever. Have you, have you just been practicing by yourself? Yeah, yeah. So just, just still uh, by myself, keeping my distance. Um, yeah, I, I was on the Peloton bike when we were in Cleveland, but since we've come out to uh, California, I've had a court I can shoot at, and I've just been shooting at my, by myself and had a shooting gun to, to shoot on, so it just spits the ball back out to you. How do you explain AFL to all of your teammates and those people that you know generally in the States over there? What What's... What's the quirkiness about it that you explain and what are the details you give them in a short synopsis? The first thing I usually say is we don't wear pads. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the NFL players are insanely tough as well. So um, I, I would just say um, the way to score and, and pass the ball to your teammates is by punting the ball. So everybody needs to be able to punt the ball to their teammates. You run a half marathon while trying to tackle people with no pads. And that usually gets them pretty interested. The first thing I always find talking to my American friends, uh, Brian yeah. and Deli, is I have to tell them, they say, oh, so it's rugby. I said, no, no, no. it's not rugby. Oh, what yeah, is it then? That's the first question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what, what, what about um, playing with a great LeBron James that you previously did and played in a championship with him? We've just seen the Michael Jordan docker. Of course, everyone in the world has seen it. And we've seen the impact that he had on the players and the way he went about it. Tell us from LeBron's point of view how different he is, if in fact he is. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in the world was uh, watching that documentary, especially with no live sport going on. So it was perfect timing. But I think the most interesting thing that I I found from it was um, the like there was no social media around. I mean, can you imagine yeah. what would have going on? Um, you know, with uh, Scotty Pippen not playing for a little bit, or uh, Dennis Rodman leaving in the middle of the finals to go, um, you know, wrestle. <laughs> like, stuff like that, just, I mean, you can't imagine what would happen to social media. And I mean, they, they had that intense pressure and, and focus, but I think it's even gone, gone up another level because every person with a, a phone is a reporter basically nowadays. It's an amazing situation. Watching the, the doco, uh, apart from the social media, did, did you recognise sort of the, 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 the training drills, the intensity? Is it so far removed from, you know, in 20-odd years, has it changed that much? Uh, I don't think so. And I think um, the way MJ was preparing his body and lifting the weights and that intensity and ability to just take it to another level um, – I mean, that, that's something that LeBron definitely has. And you can see how well he takes care of his body and um, that mental focus to, to stay at the top for so long. I mean, that's something that was super impressive to me was just how long and how tough it was um, for MJ to stay at the peak when everybody was coming at him trying to take him off that top spot for so long. And for those that know you, Maddie, and follow you, you're a, you're a provider to your teammates, a great provider, great assist player. How difficult has it been with the attitude that you have, which was absolutely intense on the basketball court? It's probably equal to our game in football, the intensity in yeah. which you play, the desperation in which you play, which is unusual 
in a in a game of basketball. You've taken that to America. Initially, they didn't like it. Have they finally adapted to the way Matthew Dellafadova is so intense in playing? I'm not sure. I think uh, it was actually interesting watching the M- MJ or the Last Dance documentary, how physical the game was. And um, I mean, some of the, the fouls that people were putting on MJ and, uh, you know, with the, the, the bad boys of Detroit, I mean, it, it was a lot more of a physical game back then. Do people know you as an Australian? Do you say hello to them? They go, what's that accent? Well, I thought you were from you know, California or somewhere. What, what's, what's the feeling in the NBA to this oddity that still is Australian basketball in many ways? I think over time, um, we've gained a lot more respect as a basketballing country. And I think, um, you know, people, yeah, it's just kind of happened over time. And I think we're up to about 10 um, boys now and I think they know you know the, the game's so global and, and what we've been able to do on the global stage I think people people know and respect it a little bit more now. Hey, we know the Cavs is your priority given that's where you earn your main income but when it comes to a championship with the Cavs or a gold medal with Australia which one Matty really is, is the one that you really want to get hold of? Gold medal for Australia no doubt. Oh, really I mean, yeah. I've, yeah I've, I've always dreamed of Firstly, representing Australia at an Olympic Games, and um, we we haven't won a major medal. Uh, the men haven't at an Olympics or World Champs, and that's what is, is keeping us all going. And to to be able to bring a gold medal, that that's the ultimate goal for all of us. And uh, I think three or four of us have won championships now, and uh, that give you the same answer because we're representing Australia. We're representing our families coaches that we've played for um, and we're doing it together with some of our best mates. Let's talk some football. Uh, let's go back to 2010 when Collingwood won the premiership. Uh, you were still in college at that stage. Uh, uh, for our American guests listening in, what happened was there was a tie in the first Super Bowl, if you like, and instead of going to extra time, the rules were back then. We came back a week later and played a full game again. Now, uh, I was president of the Collingwood Football Club at that stage uh, it nearly killed me, I must admit. Crazy. <laughs> the stress and the strain. What was it like for you uh, over there watching it uh, back here in Australia? Well, I actually watched it uh, in our locker room um, on, on the big screen. And uh, I was on Skype to uh, my family and, and my dad back home, who's also a big Collingwood supporter. And um, the replay happened uh, actually the night of a big school dance, like a big party. But I was... Uh, so I actually ended up watching the game by myself, but just on, on Skype with my family at home and was celebrating uh, in the locker room. It was uh, late on a Friday night. So tell me about 2018 when yeah. uh, Collingwood got pipped at the post by the West Coast Eagles having led all day. It was, uh, it was an amazing game of football, I must admit, uh, but uh, heartbreaking for us Collingwood people. That, that one was, yeah, tough to watch. And I think um, having gone through like, the highs and lows of losing in the NBA finals and also winning one, I just felt, you know, terrible for the players because I know how much you put into it and, you know, what you're going to be thinking about, you know, for the next 
uh, till the next time you, you either win it or, or get a chance of redemption. So that grand final, equivalent to the Super Bowl, yeah. 29 points up Collingwood were in that particular game, Ed. Yeah, one so stage. five goals and uh, and Lost they got it. up in the last minute, the West Coast Eagles, to knock us over. Hey, Matthew, how much uh, of, a, of a footballer, Australian footballer, were you as a kid and how, how important was it to you? And what attributes of Australian football have you brought to your basketball game? Yeah, I mean, I, I always loved playing growing up. Um, growing up in small country town, Maryborough. Um, basketball was always number one, but I, I played every sport. I probably played up until, I think, under 14s. Um, was, you know, pretty decent. Uh, played in the midfield or, or up forward. I was a little bit skinnier and smaller as a kid before having a bit of a growth spurt, but I always enjoyed playing. I think it teaches you how to use your body well. Um, how to protect the ball and, and just protect space. So were you a wispy half-forward flanker, kicking the odd goal in, in each of your games, Matty? How did you, How was your style in footy? Probably similar to basketball. I like getting in amongst it and, um, you know, laying some tackles and, and putting my body on the line. Well, we've seen Matthew going out to play for the famous, famous Cleveland Cavaliers, but Brian, still in his heart of hearts, I'm sure he would have loved to have <laughs> run out for Collingwood. Brian, uh, impromptu, can I ask you to call Matthew Delavadova kicking a goal for Collingwood on the MCG? So Delavadova in the 2019 Grand Final. There's only 10 seconds to go in the game. He's in the forward pocket. The angle is unbelievable. Collingwood are down by five points. Delavadova lines up for Collingwood. He's kicked the goal. Collingwood have won the Premiership. Yes! Delavadova has yes, done it. Delhi. How unbelievable is go that? Delhi, you beauty! <laughs> 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 not bad, not bad. <laughs> Mate, uh, congratulations on everything you're doing. You're the global brand ambassador for sporting, of course, one of the great uh, uh, sporting setups in the United States of America, particularly in the in basketball. And you've also been putting together a lot of videos, for, particularly for kids, to be able to keep training through this lockdown period. Uh, how's that all gone for you? Yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, I've been partners with sporting for a long time and They've got a big focus on the grassroots and, and trying to help grow the game with the partnership with basketball in Australia and um, growing the game and trying to help out the next generation is something uh, that I, I definitely try to do as well. So we've just put out some little drills that kids can do uh, at home um, on their social media. And mate, we can't wait to see you, mate, in action, hopefully for Australia next year in Tokyo at the Olympic Games. But, mate, we're so proud of you. Uh, you know that all of us over here in Australia, we, we love what you've been able to do, the tenacity that you play with and everything you bring to the NBA. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Well, that's an Australian, Brian, who's gone to America to play America's game. After the break, we're going to talk to an American who's come to Australia to play Australia's game. His name is Mason Cox, and this is Dan Patrick Radio Channel on Sirius XM. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. The biggest bump. Unbelievable hit. The highest mark. Wow! the mark of the year. The most exciting game in the world. Australian Rules Football is on Sirius XM. Now here's your host of Aussie Football Rules America, Eddie Maguire. Yes, on Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel, I'm Eddie Maguire. 
Brian Taylor, one of the greatest players and also the voice of football in Australia, is co-hosting with me today. And our special guest is from the Collingwood Football Club. His name is Mason Cox. We just heard from Matthew Delavadova, an Aussie who's gone to America to play the American game of NBA. And a well, Collingwood supporter. There's a lot a of Collingwood, Collingwood connections here. Well, it is my show after all. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but the, the man who is the uh, sort of the mirror image, if you like, of Matthew Delavadova mm. is Mason Cox. He is a seven-footer in the old language. He is a man who was recruited from Oklahoma State University. He did not know an Australian football, a Sharon, from a bar of soap when he first was introduced to the game. And now he is playing for the biggest team in the competition. And he is the biggest man in the competition. Mason, welcome to Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel and Aussie Footy Rules America. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, boys. It's... um good to be recording in the u.s <laughs> now mate, your life gets stranger and stranger uh, take us back how did you get recruited in the first place what was your first introduction to australian football oh man it's a it's a long story but i'll, I'll tell you the short end of it um i was recruited by well i played basketball at oklahoma state university like you said um and then finished up played march madness um and then was going to go and uh, finish my i'll finish my degree in engineering and i was going to go to exxon mobile to work a job out there and then this weird wacky thing came, came, you know, asking about, and it was um, someone who had emailed me, uh, emailed our media guy about this thing called Aussie Rules Football. And we had no idea what it was. So, of course, the first thing you do in this this generation is you Google it. Uh, the first thing that came up was, you know, the biggest hits of AFL and um, BT. I'm sure you might have been on there one or two times. Yeah. Uh, but it was pretty much people just getting knocked out left and right, and it was um, it was pretty brutal, which was actually quite interesting for me. I was like, yeah, I'm actually in on this. So. Went to a combine in Los Angeles, um, did really well there, and then they were interested to come over and was fortunate enough that obviously Collingwood was one of them. So um, I ended up signing there after not really knowing what it was, never really been to, uh, to Melbourne. And um, yeah, we came over for a bit of a uh, well, no, tour of Australian rules football. And then um, after that, I was pretty much sold. So I'd tell us about... I, I had to pitch to him, you know. That yeah, did bro. you? Yeah. What, what, I had no what, idea what was. Your, was. <laughs> what was your opening pitch line, Ed? Well, well what did I say to you? Because uh, I was introduced to uh, Mason and, you know, I've got a bit of a profile here in yeah. Australia. And he looked at me and he had no idea yeah. who I was. <laughs> so he didn't somebody said, stuff. you know, he hosts Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? He said, what, he's Regis Philbin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never forget, we walked out of that meeting, my brother and I. And we got in a car and then this taxi pulled in front of us and Ed's face was on the back of the taxi for who wants to be a millionaire. And we go, oh, this guy must be a big deal. Okay. So what was it like on that first time when you actually felt the leather footy and you, you, you attempted to either kick or handball? I'm not sure what you did first, but how bad were you or how good were you? Well, it was, it was out in that combine in Los Angeles and um, I was in comparative to everyone else that was there, because it was a bunch of basketballers, there's maybe, you know, 40 odd, 30 odd basketballers there. And um, none of them had really used their feet in the kicking since. So the fact that I played soccer growing up uh, definitely helped out. And I, I, comparative to everyone else, I was a lot better probably, but comparative to AFL players, I was terrible. So it was, a, it was definitely a long learning, um, you know, curve whenever it comes to trying to be able to kick a Sharon. But uh, it's taken years and years, but hopefully we've got there. So what's bizarre about our game? When you're describing this to people back in the US or whatever, what are the bizarre features that you think are bizarre? We think they're normal, but you you <laughs> think they're a little different. I think a lot of people, because a lot of people like kind of saw AFL back in the day and they love the umpires the, or the referees. Um, and the umpires are referees that would sit on the goal line after someone would kick a goal and they'd do these kind of finger pistols and right. 
that was probably, and they still do the finger pistols, but they don't wear the big white lab coats like they used to. But <laughs> I think a lot of people, they love that. My dad, I'm telling you, every time I come home, he's got the uh, the finger pistols just ready to go every single time. We all know American sports are very, um, they're, they're pre-planned, they're routine, they go through particular plays and they, they execute meticulously. Did you think looking at our game for the first time that any of that existed? I didn't think there was really like, you think about like basketball and football everything's stop go kind of set plays and you know you execute the play and then the, you know the kind of the game stops and then you redo it again where ifl was more kind of like soccer where you it was so free-flowing it was almost like there's no way you could possibly sit there and mm. call a play run a play and then be able to execute it it was it was too kind of just quick like everything was just happening so quickly that there was not really a way to do that i think one of the beauties of afl is the fact that it, it isn't kind of a stop start game like you have to be able to run the 12 13 miles in a game and there is no, the only time it really stops is if it goes out of bounds or someone kicks a goal. So it's really just, it's kind of brutal on the body, the fact that there is, there is no breaks. Like you're essentially just kind of going on and on and on and on for almost two hours straight. And um, there's just, and it's crash and bash and everything else. And there's just no way that I think a lot of those people that are athletically gifted in the U.S. that do these kind of other sports are just completely different in the way they actually are built athletically compared to Aussie rules football. So Brian, uh, my first introduction, as I mentioned, was when, uh, uh, Mason walked in with his brother Nolan into the Collingwood Football Club. Now, I'd been called by our chief scout, Derek Hine, our chief for recruiting, and uh, we'd sent him over to America and I said, Anything there? Did you see anything? And he said, There's one bloke. There's one, there's one guy. Out of the guy, 40 odd that were there. There's yeah. one that we need to get. And I said, When you say we need to get, uh, in a scale of one to 10, 10 being we have to get this guy, he said 11. Right. And I said, really? Yeah. And he said, yes. So can we get you to come down and meet this guy? And I said, right, okay. Do you want me to full court press on this? He <laughs> said, leave nothing behind. Okay. <laughs> so I came out with the full sales pitch. Right. And uh, and your sales pitches are historically the best in the yeah, business, Ed. I, I did promise a lot, I must admit. Uh, I might have promised the world and delivered an atlas. <laughs> but uh, but uh, having said that, Mason, um, you have been quite spectacular. Um, one of the biggest games in Australian football, in Australian sport, is what's called Anzac Day, which is the equivalent of Memorial Day in the United States. And it's played every year between Collingwood and Essendon. Mason played his first ever game of football that day. Yep. And with his very first kick. 100,000 people. 100,000 people. The build-up, the last post, the minute silence. Out we go. Mason's parents are sitting alongside me, and this happened. Slid the handball back to Moore. Moore goes to low ball into oh. Cox. Cox has oh. taken the mark. Big Mace on the chest. The big fella on the lead from a short low ball. And the man that had not seen a game of footy less than two years ago now lines up for a goal in front of 90,000 people at the punt road end. Oh, what a start this would what be. What sort of odds would you well, have got for him to uh, mark and kick the first goal on Anzac Day in his first game? Here, he, here he goes, 25 metres out directly in front. This will tip the lid. Mason oh, Cox, oh, goal! Oh, have a look at him come from everywhere! <laughs> the entire back line has come to Mason Cox. There's not a player that hasn't. And this is the fairy tale of all fairy tales. Mason, take us through that moment where you lined up for your first kick in senior big-time football, 100,000 people watching you in action, and you kick the goal. Yeah, I think it's, um, for American audiences, it's kind, of, it's kind of weird because you've never really, you know, I guess, kept up with AFL or maybe never heard of AFL. And then 
I think the number of 100,000 people, I think that's probably what really kind of gets people to realize how big it is here. Um, there's not many sports in the world that attract 100,000 people to one place. Um, and Anzac Day was one of those, man. And like I, was, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of it. And it's, it's, not, it's, it's a massive day for football, but it's, it's a bigger day for, for other things as far as the Anzacs, which is the Australian New Zealand um, Army Corps. So it's, it's massive on that perspective. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to be a part of that day. But going out there, um, I was shivering, just had no idea. I was just absolutely all over the joint. Um, I'm a year and a half into knowing what AFL was and playing in front of that amount of people on the MCG. And, um, yeah, first kick from Darcy Moore. And then um, I ended up kicking the goal. And I, even to this day, it was just kind of a blur. I think as soon as I kicked it, there was all, you know, 18, all 17 guys on the on the field with me and um, just came and just mobbed me. I was and, nearly um, on the field with you. I nearly jumped out of the stand, Brian. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mason's parents were up there. It was just an incredible moment in it Australian was. sport. Yeah, it it was, was. It just transcended so much. And, uh, you know, I drive Mason mad giving him all the history. And for our American friends, the Melbourne cricket ground where our football was played um, has had the 1956 Olympic Games. It's had... Billy Graham, actually, uh, the American evangelist, had the biggest crowd ever there for, I think, 150,000 in his heyday. We've had papal visits. We've had uh, every sport. It, it was the first place that test cricket was ever played yeah. back in 1877. I think one thing that Mason mentioned there was the size of the venue. And when, in the lead-up to the World Basketball Championships last year, you remember this, Mason, uh, I think you guys were playing at the MCG. The MCG is 170 metres long by about 140 metres wide. And I remember Donovan Mitchell and a heap of the other basketballers that were out here representing the U.S. at the time were down standing on the arena and Mason were blown away by the size of the arena. You mentioned how far you have to run. It is big, isn't it? It is massive. And I sat up in the box with them and Donovan Mitchell and them were going absolutely nuts. Couldn't believe how physical it was. So um, it is just, it's a coliseum. I think that's kind of one of the best ways to put it. Like the way you, you go into the very middle of the field and you can do a full 360 around and it's an impressive just structure, like just that. But the fact that whenever you've got 100,000 fans and on Anzac Day, one of the coolest parts of Anzac Day is everyone does a minute of silence and you do 100,000 people and there's not, you can hear, you can actually hear a pin drop. That's how yeah. quiet it is. It's this eerie kind of just respectful feeling, and to be in the like in the middle of that ground while that's happening is such a unique experience. Like it's one of those things I think every person in the world should experience at least once. Um, I've experienced I think like five or six times now at least, and it's an amazing, amazing kind of feeling being out there and getting chills when there's absolutely silence. Mason, thanks for joining us today. You've got seven days to go before Collingwood takes on Richmond at the MCG. The stadium will be empty but the tension will be palpable when you run out there because this is a big game. This is the two big dogs coming together. Can we invite you on next week just to get a little bit of an insight into the feeling about the game coming up? You had a ripping game against Richmond a couple of years ago in the semi-final, the preliminary final as we call it. So, mate, uh, get yourself right, get ready to go because we're back in town in seven days' time and we look forward to seeing you on the MCG. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on, and um, we'll chat soon. Good on you, mate. That's Mason Cox, who plays for the Collingwood Football Club in the AFL. Next week, it's Collingwood versus Richmond. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about one of the greatest grand finals, West Coast Eagles versus Collingwood, as it turns out. Unfortunately for me, it is a West Coast Eagles victory, a victory for the ages. And, Brian, I'm actually going to face up to a West Coast Eagle to talk about this game 
for the very first time. For the first time ever, you're finally going to confront the team that blasted you away. Can you just get a therapist ready for me? (laughs) That's coming up next. Join us and continue sticking with us on Aussie Football Rules America on Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from Sirius XM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Eddie Maguire is bringing Australian rules football to the States. From sausage rolls and speckies to selling some candy. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. On Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel, Brian Taylor, the voice of Australian football and former legend of the Richmond and Collingwood Football Clubs. I'm Eddie Maguire. And joining us on the line from West Australia in Perth, Western Australia, is one of the superstars of the... 2018 Grand Final, the West Coast Eagles winning team, Mark Lacroix, who joins us today. G'day, Mark. Hey, guys. How you going? Great to have you on board. Uh, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this interview, Mark. <laughs> this because... is the first time you've confronted one of these guys that ruined your day in oh, 2018. Ruined my day. Ruined my year. Ruined <laughs> my life. I'd never get over these things, Brian. You know that. Uh, Mark, for all my pain, it was all joy for you. Can you tell me... What was it like to be out there in what is now regarded as one of the classic grand finals of all time? 2018, with the West Coast Eagles getting up to beat Collingwood. Oh, I'd love to say it was an enjoyable experience, um, but I mean, it was it was one of the most heart wrenching, uh, like heart in your in your mouth sort of games I'd ever been involved in. Um, played for 14 years, and um, safe to say that was the the hardest game to to get through. Not at any point did. I feel comfortable that we'd we'd won it, um, and probably with two minutes to go, um, when when Sheeta put us in front, uh, there was a little bit of hope there. But the way Collingwood have been playing the whole day, um, you just sort of expected them to come back. So when the final siren went, um, it was it was tears for me, mate. I, I couldn't couldn't believe what yeah, we'd done. Too. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate, it was oh, it was just a crazy game and um, something that I can look back on pretty pretty happily now that I've retired, mate. It was one of the all times. It was indeed. So you're 29 points down to come back and win in the as in in the final couple of minutes. So what were you thinking? So there's two minutes to go. One of your teammates, Dom Sheed, has marked the ball on the boundary line. The, the for those Americans out there listening to this, the most difficult kick for an AFL footballer is one from the boundary line. He converted, that meant six points, put you up by four points at that particular stage with a, just over a minute to go by the time he'd kicked it. What was going through your mind? It was basically just hang on. I mean, we, we trained it, um, that, those sort of scenarios a lot probably over the, the previous couple of years since Simo came to the club. Um, so we were comfortable with our setups. It was just a matter of getting it right um, in the biggest moment of your of your life, really. So having a minute left in a grand final to try and set up defensively to stop Collingwood from scoring. Um, just before Sheeta kicked that goal, I mean, there was a, a time when it was in Collingwood's Ford 50 where they had probably two or three snaps on goal. And I remember sitting back thinking, this is it. If they kick this, they seal it. Um, so from go, going from that emotion to then the ball coming up the other end in one of the great passages of play um, of all time and Sheeta converting, 
like I said, the mixture of emotions over those final sort of five minutes of the game was was huge. Um, and then to go to the stage where you think, right, we're going to seal it here, and Jack Darling drops the the mark in the in the goal square, and you think, oh, there's still time for him to score. Um, it was, well, yeah, it was one of those games that was just hard to get through, but you, can, you were just hanging for the final you can Watch all this on uh, YouTube. If you go to it, they've got the last couple of minutes of this. Now that's Mark's version of what happened. Okay. Let me give you my <laughs> version of what happened. Okay. Now this is where, you know, you talk about sliding doors moments. Well, I, I had my head jammed in the door seven times in a, about a 20 second period, Brian. Can I, can I give you what my insight yes, was? Yes, come on. Take us through Collingwood it. had the ball running up uh, the, the, uh, the wing position on the outer side of the MCG. Mm. Uh, Adam Trelaw had the ball, who was coming back from having ripped both hamstrings off the bone. So he was still a bit tight in the hamstrings, if you like. He tried to drive the ball long to our... Long and high. Long and high, except he couldn't get it late in the game. He had nothing left, so the ball dropped short. Then the mark was taken by McGovern. McGovern, McGovern goes back. A beautiful kick of the football. He shanked the kick. Yep. It's marked by <laughs> Vardy, Vardy, who hasn't taken a mark since. Yep. Right, he's t- turned around. He's kicked it blindly up in the air. Two Collingwood players flew for the ball and should have punched. Couldn't get a hand to it. And flying r- Ryan takes the mark. Yeah, he turns around. He kicks to Dom Sheed, an illegal shepherd. Out comes Braden Maynard. He gets illegally blocked. Should have been a free kick all day. I'm out of my seat. Maynard's going to take the mark or get the free kick. He can run down the clock from there. All he has to do is kick it to two more teammates and the premiership is Collingwood's. Umpire calls play on and it goes to Dom Sheedy. Who takes up, the mark. Wake he up goes now, back. Okay, right. He's on the boundary line. He's dog tired. He can't kick this. He kicked it. And he put it right through the middle. And I must admit, I looked across Mark. And with much uh, heart, heavy heart, I did look at you guys and thought, you know what? You've beaten us because you're a great side. And I had no recriminations whatsoever. I just fervently believed that you guys got up in a grand final that could have gone either way. But when the chips were down, you actually hit the clutch goals and played the way that it needed to be played. And it was a magnificent win. And you uh, finished off a career with a highlight that you deserved. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that, mate. But yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It could have gone either way. And Collingwood were a great opponent. There was plenty of respect shown from both sides after the game as well. I saw you down in the room. But for one, they would have been very deserving as well. But I'm glad it went our way, mate, just for uh, me to be able to sit back for the rest of my life and actually have a premiership. So a huge thing for me personally. Right, so well, sit back happy. now, Mark. I'm going to play the highlights. Here we go. This is the West Coast Eagles winning the 2018 Grand Final. You're going to hear the entire game right after we finish today on Aussie Footy Rules America. But here's a little bit of the highlights package. Get this Grand Final underway. 2018 West Coast Eagles and the Magpies. Marco came streaming back. 45 and closing. And he kicks the first of the Grand Final. Here comes Stevenson. The young man who won the Rising Star first kick towards goal. Jaden Stevenson. Take a bow, young man. Stevenson got rid of him. Now he's off to the races. Two in a row for Stevenson. Three in a row. Collingwood. Oh, the goalie. Four straight, the Magpies. They are fully taking the piss, Collingwood. Collingwood Army right up and about. Shuey picked it off. The snap from Shuey. There we go. Goes short to Taylor Adams. Oh, Stevenson was the intended target. He's copped it up. The runner has blocked Jaden Stevenson. And so it will be Elliot Yo from 50 metres. West Coast in front. Cox just the one hand to the back. Meyer check. First blood make pies. Big, big start. 
to this final turn for Collingwood. And Kennedy got it in front of Goldsack. They're charging at him off the mark. Kennedy steps out, bends wow. it around. He hit it superbly. Big Mark Liam Ryan massages it to a one-on-two. Sheed's got it. Jeez, this is a tough kick. He is hemmed in the pocket. We've got two minutes left in the grand final. So, Dom Sheed. What can he do from this pocket? Set shot, left footer. It is good. That is incredible. That is unbelievable. And West Coast are just in front. There's the siren. The West Coast Eagles have won the 2018 AFL Grand Final in one of the more extraordinary games you will ever see. Wow, what about that? Right down to the last minute of the game before we got the winner. Mark, by the way, just for the people in the match, how many how many years of footy did you play? Yeah, I played for 14 years. So I was drafted in 2004. How many finished. grand finals did you play in? Played in two. So, yeah, we lost one in 2015 and then lucky enough to win that one in mm. 18. And the high majority of players that play, there's 700 mm. players professionally playing every year, Ed, don't get the opportunity to play in one. Mark, when you heard that back... What does it do to you now, these couple of years later? Oh, um, it, I suppose it just made me content. Like you said, um, you go through your whole career and you're lucky to, to play in grand finals. And I'd, coming towards the end of my career, I was almost at the stage where I thought um, winning a premiership wasn't going to happen. So it's surreal for me to sort of sit here now and to think back that that was my last game that we actually won once. So mm. pretty lucky, mate. As uh, the Americans know, mate, when you've got that Super Bowl ring on your finger, that's all that matters. You can wave as much as you like at people. They can say what they like. You just give a little wave and you've got a grand final medallion around your neck. Mark, can we just ask you, what's the feeling in Perth that your team, the West Coast Eagles, has had to go into a hub? They've had to go from one side of Australia in Perth over to the Gold Coast and set up to be able to play to get this season going out of the coronavirus. Not only the West Coast Eagles, but also the Fremantle Dockers, the Port Adelaide Football Club and the Adelaide Crows. What's the feeling been like around uh, the Eagles uh, going into this season with all this uncertainty around them and with a fair bit of duress around them going into the start or the restart of this season? Yeah, I, pretty early on for the players, I think it was a bit of frustration not knowing what was going to happen um, and just hearing, you know, rumours about, you know, potentially what they were going to have to do. But once the decision was made, I feel like they came to terms with it pretty quickly. Um, there's, it's a big family club, so I think there's 15 parents um, that are members of the of the footy club. So getting being able to get their families to come over yeah. if they need to was a huge thing for them. So when, when that got the tick of approval, um, I think it made them a little bit more comfortable. But it's still, to be honest, it's still a lot of uncertainty for them because they don't know whether they'll be able to get back to WA and play some footy or they're going to be stuck over there for a longer period of time. So it's not a great headspace to have to be in. Um, Mentally, I, I don't even think they're staying at a golf resort and they're not even allowed to play golf at the moment. So, at the moment. I think that'll loosen up a little bit, it but has yeah, to. We, I hope so as things start to come out. A final question, Mark. Uh, we're in that uh, we're broadcasting right across America on Sirius XM. Tell me about your thoughts on America. Do you travel there much? What's your favorite place? Oh, I have been, um, uh, yeah, quite a few times. Uh, favorite places New York and Hawaii are two of my favorite places over there. Um, Absolutely loved it, mate. A lot different to the west coast of, of Australia, where I'm from. Um, grew up in a little country town north of Perth, little fishing town. Um, so getting over there was uh, a, a bit of an eye-opening experience for me, but um, great seeing 
some Americans now running around in the AFL, mate. Obviously, you guys have got um, Cox running around for you, and you know it's turned into quite a quite a good player. So um, the more of those sort of guys we can get over Australia and running around, yeah. um, it's going to be good for the game. And uh, American sport, have you got a, a a club, a team that you like, a sport or a particular player that uh, you like to look to? Yeah, mate, I've I've just stuck with the Boston theme, so I've been pretty lucky over the uh, yeah. <laughs> over the journey. So Patriots and um, Celtics, probably basketball, um, is something I follow follow the most. Um, I, I did like Tom Brady up until he just bailed on us, but um, yeah, I mean, he didn't I've, give enough to Boston, did he? he didn't nah, give, he just nah, didn't I'll, deliver enough. I feel like he owes another couple of Super Bowls, <laughs> mate. But, yeah. Hey, Brian, can I ask you who's your teams in in American sports? Uh, LA, I love, and the Patriots. So I'm a Boston Celtics man. Yeah, originally, I was Patriots. Boston Celtics. Yeah. I changed many, many years ago. Yeah, I loved Larry Bird when he was yeah. playing, and and I'm from Scottish Irish heritage. Yep. So Glasgow Celtic, and of course the. The Fighting Irish is a, is a big uh, tradition in my family. But first family, and foremost, so. I just watch Australians, particularly in the basketball. Hey, Mark, congratulations, mate. You get to sleep the contented sleep of a champion. You won that uh, Super Bowl in American vernacular, our grand final in 2018. Not only that, but you finished up a great career. The last thing you did as a player was walk off the MCG, the champion of the Australian Football League, and you're a worthy recipient of all the accolades that come your way. Thanks, mate. No, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having us on. That's Mark Lacroix, one of the greats of the modern era for the West Coast Eagles. Brian, that's it. That's the it. good news is next week we will be back in business. There's more. Let's hope there is more for us next week as the game comes back. Tonight, though, right after this, we're going to play that famous grand final from 2018. It'll break my heart again. I can't believe that the first thing I'm going to throw to was Collingwood getting beaten in the grand final. But... That's how magnanimous we are, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for being part of it. I hope you've enjoyed it. This has been Aussie Football Rules America on Sirius XM's Dan Patrick Radio Channel.